Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Field of You. I may sound really tired, but there's a reason for that because daylight savings freaking sucks because the worst thing in the world that ever got invented. And apparently, everybody else in the world decides to do daylight savings wherever they want. And then the United States just wants to be weird. Like always, that's the leading to my exhaustion. But I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I am joined today by a gentleman who was just as nervous as I was for two nights in a row watching football. Jesus, how nervous were you during those games? Very. And once we get to the specific sections, you will understand why. Well, why don't we just mention it and we'll talk about it later on in the episode. So we're talking about um, our school RCC had a game at home and it was a nail butter to the very last second, as well as in the NFL side, a.k.a. Jesus' favorite team and my divisional rivals. The Ravens decided to wait into the very last moment to win the game. So those were very nervous. And for those who are wondering, why, Brian, are you nervous about that Ravens game as they did your divisional uh, rivals? Fantasy football is a thing. And I had Justin Tucker as my kicker and I needed him to score a field goal to win the week. And I will talk about that more later because golly, man, I was nervous this whole week in, in fantasy but uh shenanigans aside we'll get into that later on in the episode but firstly we are talking about the rcc roundup um it was a pretty interesting week in sports for um for our school uh, a lot of championship uh matchups and games and races but uh we're gonna start off with the women's volleyball team uh they were at orange coast on the 3rd of november uh they lost in straight sets um against orange coast uh the set scores were 18 25 18 25 and 17 25 Maggie Roberto led the team with 13 kills, while Jessica Lippe with, uh, uh, was following her with 10 kills. Uh, Chloe Crystalman had 24 assists in this matchup, and Lupe and Roberto got 10 dig, uh, 12 digs, sorry, and our colleague, classmate Maya Castro followed them up with 11 digs. The following game was uh, this past fr- uh, Friday, the 5th of November, versus uh, Santiago Canyon at home. Won the game in straight sets. Woohoo! Yeah! let's go straight set wins uh set scores were 25 21 25 6 25 19 uh maggie led the team as well for the second second consecutive game with 14 kills uh chloe crystalman led uh the team with 28 assists and then maya uh led the team with nine digs while uh jessica lippe uh followed her up with eight digs so great job for the ladies um their next matchup is going to be at home versus Cypress sophomore night so make sure you head out and support them uh as they uh face uh cypress at home at 6 p.m at the gym at rcc uh from here we're going with jesus with the women's basketball you were actually at the first game we're going to talk about right yes i was and before i continue sophomore night this will be special for me because i am actually currently a sophomore in community college so this will be special for me hey there you go so make sure everybody all sophomores head out and support each other but um anyway over to the game their first game was at home against chafee college and they won the game very dominantly 84 to 53 with ayana bergoy and naya hamilton leading the team each with 16 points uh you had uh anaya with 16 points and then uh uh 
uh, Hamilton with 14 points in the game. It was a domination of the matchup. Uh, you were there. Give us a little bit of your brief thoughts. I saw the lighter, like the last couple of minutes of the game. I was working on something else, but it just was a dominating performance, wasn't it? It was. However, I was a little bit skeptical when I was watching the game because I do have a lot of insight on basketball and I am currently working on the article for this game. So be sure to taste tuned for that. But things that I felt were a little skeptical was the free throw percentage. They were they were 50% from the line whenever they got to the free throw line. And they gave up 25 different three-point attempts to J-Feet which they only converted seven times, and that, to me, felt concerning. Okay, okay. Uh, well, hopefully they... Uh, well, it seems like those were... Uh, those are struggles that, they're, that they'll have to adjust through the uh, following games as well, and there's the uh, second game against Antelope Valley. It was a... Uh, win uh 62 to 55 uh you had four different players with 10 plus points uh Alyssa, maxine uh navia and maya or the four players with 10 plus points in the matchup and then the third matchup was uh on the 5th of uh november against bakersfield it was a loss uh 65 to 55 you did have two players uh navia and uh naya hamilton uh with 10 plus points in the loss um their next game is going to be at home uh the 11th of november versus cerritos uh we're playing cerritos a lot lately so <laughs> it, they are a conference opponent so that makes sense but jesus you have a couple stats for us from the basketball the men's side of basketball correct yes i do and their first game of the season was against moore park and they got the victory 96 to 85 and three different players with more than 20 points in the game including zakaya lovett Lyndon paul robert robert ayala as well and then secondly they had a game against Pasadena City in which they won 88 to 61 with Jordan Flowers and Devin Ford with 10 plus points and then finally against Victor Valley they completely put on a show against our friends at the desert at they got to win 81 to 51 with Lovett leading the team with 21 points. Awesome. And uh, just to correct you on that first game, uh, it was their first game of the regular season. Uh, they had two exhibition matchups beforehand, and we talked about the uh, first one uh, in a previous episode. But really good uh, start to the regular season for the men, the RCC men's basketball team. From there, we're continuing with the men's side of sports uh, going to water polo. Uh, the men's side was at the uh, Orange, uh, the OEC uh, championship, the conference championship. Uh, they had three matchups in the first opening matchup of the uh, championship. They played against Cyprus. It was a 14 to seven win. Louis Grandi and Tommy Dempsey had four goals in the match, each one. And uh, uh, Pavel Rastic had uh, seven saves in the victory. In the second matchup was against Golden West. It was a 27 loss. Uh, you had three different players with two goals in the match. Um, you had John Mahon, Louis Grandi, and Rajia Matic with two goals. And then you had... Um, seven stains from Rastic in the match. In the third place matchup uh, in the final game of the tournament was against uh, Orange Coast. Uh, it was a 14-12 to 12 loss. Uh, Sebastian de la Pena Kenley had six goals while Luis Grandi followed him up with five goals in the match. Uh, Rastic had five saves in this matchup. So really, uh, it was a, a good showing um, for the men's water polo side and uh, kudos to them on their season and I believe they do have the Southern California Championship coming up as well and then on the women's side uh, Jesus they also competed in the OEC Championship correct? Yes they did and 
It was quite an interesting look as we take a look here. Uh, they won 20 to 5 against Saddleback for the first game with Lauren Waffelmacher and Lauren Nelson with four goals each. But it was Amber Nielsen that led the team in that regard with five goals. So that's pretty good. And Gabriela Fisher and McKenna Ortiz each had three saves. As we head on towards the second game, which was against Orange Coast for the semifinals, unfortunately they lost 13 to 10. And you know, it, it, I I don't know how to say this, but you know, it's how you sometimes you are gonna find out an opponent you're just not gonna be able to beat. You play hard, but you know, at least it wasn't a bad thing. You know, Bafflemacher, Nelson each had two goals. Nielsen with three. And the third place match was against Cyprus. Oh boy, they won by one point, eight to seven. Lord Nelson and with four goals and Lauren Waffelmacher with two in route to the third place puck finish. Really good showing from the women's side, finishing third in the uh, OEC championship. Again, they also, I believe, are heading to the SoCal championship as well. From there, we're home, heading over to cross country, uh, both men's and women's teams were in the Southern California Championship. Uh, we're going to hit the uh, men's side first. They finished third in the uh, championship race. They had two runners in the top 10. Mario Trevez with fourth with a time of 19.54 followed by his teammate Abel Ramos uh, finishing sixth with a time of 19.59. All of the uh, team's runners, scoring runners all finished within the top 38. So great job for the men's side across country. And the on the women's side, they actually finished a uh, position higher from their uh, their male counterparts there finished uh, second in the SoCal Championship, uh, finishing uh, with uh, two runners in the top 20. Uh, Helena Valdez finishing 15th with a time of 19.24, followed by her teammate in 18th position, uh, Brianna Rodriguez. Uh, you had five, uh, three more teammates, five totaling five runners in the top 20. Uh, their next race is going to be the CCCAA State Championship. So make sure to check back with us to uh, follow up on their progress and how they finish in state. From there, we're heading over to the new scrum. And hopefully we're going to put a lot more effort than James Harden did in that uh, play that he had against the Pistons last night. Right, Jesus? It wasn't exactly last night, but it was last week. But uh, The know. previous game, it felt like last night. We're going to give way more effort than letting the ball roll let the Pistons player get it and then dunk it. Dunk it. Oh, jeez. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm just going to put more effort than James Harden on this. <laughs> Uh, as you could, uh, I I, hard, I highly encourage you to seek out this clip. I was a uh, me producer Tim and Jesus before we started this had a very intense conversation. Well, not intense. I had an intense conversation with them that I very disliked this play sequence. I didn't like it. Whatever. <laughs> but from there, from hopefully you're gonna give way more effort than James Harden ever did in that game. <laughs> uh, MLB, it's finally over after four. 4,000 games later, we finally ended the season with the champion. And it wasn't who everybody was thinking worst case scenario. Right, Jesus? I was actually hoping for the Atlanta collapse, but it just did not happen. <laughs> I, I kind of told you that it wasn't going to happen because I really didn't want that hate into the world. But what I'm referencing to is the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series at four games to two over the Houston Astros. It was... It was worrisome that that uh that uh game five loss. I will not lie. I thought they were gonna they were gonna have that collapse like you mentioned, but they did it. Yeah, that honestly surprised me because I seriously thought this Houston team was a lot better. Well, 
I don't know. I, I would this is my speculation, and I this is just straight opinion. There's no facts, there's no nothing. I think everybody just having this kind of hatred towards them that they cheated and just having that continuing on to this playoff run. I don't think it was too healthy for the team for the players. Um, there was one of the games, I believe was um uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It was the second game they played in Atlanta. I would imagine, I think it was, or it was the first one. It was game three or four. I can't recall off the top of my head right now, but it was one of those two games where uh, one of the uh, players that were, that was still on the uh, team from that, uh, from their last world series win, uh, the Atlanta Braves fans viciously chanted cheater to him. Um, and it was, I, I feel like that kept, gets into your head a little bit. Um, uh, w- wouldn't you think, Jesus? Why would they do that? Seriously? <laughs> Well, that's where I'm going with that. I, everybody universally did not want the Astros to win this World Series, so it kind of it kind of came to my head of I feel like maybe because you, as much as a player you want at any level you want to stay off social media especially when it comes to a big game um you still kind of peeking these this stuff pops up so that, that's kind of my mindset but yeah, um like, you, you can only ignore it for so long and that's what the houston Astros tried to do but it's just like people wouldn't let it go and it all started in the alds with the white Sox accusation that that is true i remember we we uh we had found that out and nothing really came from that but that, that's something that stays in the back of your head but on very more positive notes uh rcc fellow uh rcc tiger alumni jesse chavez is a champion he won let's go rcc rcc let's go <laughs> tigers for life let's do it <laughs> but congratulations to uh to jesse and the whole atlanta braves team uh on their victory and uh hope they get the rest they need because march is gonna be upon us pretty soon i think but from there we're heading over to the nfl and uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about it first we're talking about my fantasy updates golly man that was the most stressful game i've had ever i was playing the number one team in our in my fantasy league he is i believe at the, at that point was six and two best record i'm sitting 10 three and five I'm like, this is going to go terribly because he has been outscoring everybody. And what do I do? I come from behind and win. I barely won by two points, 129 to 127. Let's go. My playoff run begins now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but aside from my shenanigans, I know one of the first things we referenced was that Atlanta, that uh, Ravens game. Let's briefly talk about how much that saved my fantasy football game and how concerning that was that we went into overtime in that game. I would like to briefly say I've been very skeptical of that Ravens defense and it still has not improved even though they held up the second half really well. I still don't think it's been improved. It, it seems like they were struggling, especially uh, with, I don't know how many minutes left in the game, uh, allowing Minnesota to go back and score that. That um, Excuse me. It was like, no, here's the, it was a minute left. But I was thinking in my head, wait, this is fine. They left too much time. Oh, no, they, they didn't leave enough time because apparently we went into overtime and that's uh, no, what had... happened when Lamar took two bad sacks. Oh, that's true. I forgot that happened. I was happy at this. I was happy, but at the same time was kind of nervous because I was riding on Justin Tucker to score a field goal. So, um, but aside from uh, that, uh, <laughs> that crazy matchup, um, we do have some controversy uh, from uh, this weekend NFL, the NFL, uh, Aaron Rodgers 
was placed onto the COVID list uh, due to testing positive. But the controversy there is that he lied about his vaccination. Uh, he had said that he he had taken his vaccination shots, but come to find out he had not taken any of them and lied about it. Um, I've tried to wrap my head around this. Do you have any the foggiest idea why he would lie about this? I honestly have no clue. And I, it's astounding to me that people do, do this all of this just to avoid a, a, a vaccine. Like, you can just take it and go. Like, that's how simple it is. Like, you seriously have to lie about it in front of, like, a national crowd? I mean, I wouldn't, not in, like, a national crowd or anything, but, like, to the public? Like, would, I mean, that information got leaked. Really? Seriously? The, the concerning part for me is that I don't know how if, there's people who are going to be feeling encouraged. It's like, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers got away with it and nothing happened. There's people who are going to be like, oh, well, that he was a professional guy. I might be able to do it. Or kids that look up to him are like, well, Aaron Rodgers isn't vaccinated, so I don't think I have to be. So that's kind of worrisome. But um, we will continue updating this as this continues. Um, also, uh, just want to briefly mention if on the note of um, – Store, headline stories from this week in NFL. Um, we did have the the arrest and uh, the release of Henry Ruggs the third uh, from the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, for those who don't know, uh, I believe I can't remember was it Saturday evening or Monday evening. Uh, he was speeding down a, a road in Las Vegas area um, and crashed into another car uh, at the speeds of 156 miles per hour and was intoxicated when doing this. Uh, uh, minor energy injuries to himself and his passenger, but uh, the crash did fatally ki uh, kill the other driver and um, the driver's pet. So um, I believe the last I heard, um, he is facing possibly up to 40 years of jail time. Um, uh it's kind of sad to see a, a very young player with a really good future kind of kind of just throw it all away on a on a bad decision uh my my kind of irritation with this was um was the um um the fact that the nfl provides all team members about uh, a, a uh, an escort service when you have a night like that where you're intoxicated or you drank too much uh, uh the nfl provides a service to them and him not taking that service is kind of infuriating and um i'm not trying to say it's justified the punishment he's get but it, it's these are the consequences of what uh happens um so i i just felt like we had to mention on the note of uh headline stories uh going on in the nfl jesus actually i want to add more fuel to the fire they also just recently cut cornerback damon arnett over what i believe to be death a, a video about death threats and he was also a first rounder for the raiders well it has not been a good season at all for the raiders um obviously in, in no terms fall of like of in terms of in terms of like the staff and everything not about the season the season's going okay-ish so far it's just like the staff oh yeah i'm talking more of staff and personnel players all that stuff it's not a good season on that front um um i'm not just saying it's a justifiable bad season uh, a lot of these players and uh personnel staff brought these decisions upon themselves um but aside from uh all this try to go on a little bit happier news here uh uh, uh, who were your winners for this week, Jesus? Baltimore, obviously. I don't know how they won it. I for sure thought we would lose that game. <laughs> and then uh, any other winners for this week that can come to your top of your head there? 
I can come up with a couple, but I think my biggest one, oh, yeah, this one's a tough one. If I have to think, probably, uh, I'm thinking of like, either two different teams right now, but I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans for absolutely getting full control on the LA Rams in prime time. I agree with that. I was watching most of that game. Um, I had to head out for uh, other reasons. Uh, I missed, I believe, the third quarter, and I watched the uh, the last 12 minutes or so of the fourth and mo- almost the whole first half but um i agree because how do you do this without having henry um derrick henry available and then you just go into sofi stadium and just dominate the uh the uh the the rams at home so i agree with them uh i agree with you on the winners uh surprisingly denver broncos i'd have to say the win our winners also it seems like von miller was the problem the whole time asus legitimately i've been talking with almost like everybody that i talked with about football and we've all been joking that apparently von miller was the problem because once he left denver decided to get good wasn't that thing decided to get good or was it the cowboys finally learned that they were frauds or we're just having the mid-season collapse that the cowboys always tend to have about week seven or ten between those spans of games so it could be in and or but but <laughs> the, uh any losers who were your losers this week buffalo how how do you lose to the Jags? We don't talk about that. I was, I was well, apparently Josh Allen screwed Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, that was the funniest part about it. The internet and every single commentator and their friends decided to meme this to the ground. Um <laughs> And then I, I would think we would agree on this. The other major loser would be the Cowboys. Because how in the world do you be from being a top, top three def- defense? Do you go to like even worse than the Jags? Yes. I also have another loser I want to mention. And it's got to be the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, what is going on? I know. How how do you how do you have like a game of the season contender? And then you just drop two straight against the Browns and the Jets. I think you I mean, might to have be fair, to, to be fair. The Browns are a good team they were just crippling injured that's true um i believe uh nick chubb was on the field just going ham on them yeah that, that's all i have uh any players stand out for you this week i gotta say this lamar jackson <laughs> lamar jackson there you go i i, I was talking to as soon as before it came on i was definitely worried when he kept on throwing the ball down the field um going back to my fantasy football shenanigans because the more he threw the ball the more points he racked up and the more worried i got that i was gonna lose this week but apparently he still had two interceptions so that was my saving break so <laughs> he's but no i agree standout player for sure uh and then uh i would james connor for the arizona cardinals um apparently he decided to actually be good he was always good let's be honest but he was just not happy at pittsburgh so that being said uh we're heading over to the nba where the los angeles teams are struggling uh both teams at 500 uh the lakers are at five and five and the clippers are at four and four as soon as you've been keeping up with this a little more how concerned do we have to be for each team uh i mean for this for the clippers it's honestly expected because obviously you don't have, you know they don't have Kawhi leonard and paul george is really just struggling to keep up with everything but i'm more looking at the lakers because what the heck has russell westbrook done with the team oh i know we were looking at the uh some uh the last two games that um that they played some stats from that he's only scored eight points in each game it's kind of baffling for a player that was not too many seasons ago being called up to 
to the All-Star game pretty frequently. Yeah, and also because he was he's known as a triple-double man. But, like, you, how does that work with a high-potent Lakers team that eyes a championship? Like, what? I feel like they're trying to emulate the um, the uh, LeBron-Miami uh, kind of philosophy of let's stack our team with really good players. But at the same time, they're not they're not capable as that, uh, that Miami team was. They're more of that Miami team when LeBron started to leave where they're they're a good team on paper but when you put them on the court they they don't mix together that's kind of my my general kind of two cents of what i from kind of what i've seen and then what what i've heard and seen on the stat sheets there anything else to add clippers wise or um any anything else around the league nba um other than the james harden incident nothing (laughs) we're not talking about that anymore because i i really don't want to get mad anymore uh from there we're heading down to mexico viva lost oh no wait we're going mexico that's wrong wrong place wrong place wrong place i, I was trying to have a good time but somebody who had a good time down in mexico was max for sap and winning uh another winning the third race in a row winning the mexican gp um geez man this kid's on fire not even kid this guy's on fire right now um talk us through this jesus after the first time he had like a seven or eight second lead and everyone else just gave up <laughs> well no there was somebody who didn't give up because sergio perez was trying his darn best to uh pass lewis hamilton uh to yeah. get yeah. that second place position uh to no avail he did finish third in this race uh i believe i saw it was the first time a mexican finished on the podium in their home race correct yes it is correct and what he was trying to do was make sure that red bull gets their first one two finish which unfortunately just did not happen well not even aside aside from the one two finish i think he had a chip on his shoulder that everybody was expecting him to have a good race and for him to finish earlier and um it was i was um i was thinking that he he was gonna get that second position it looked like he was i watched the highlights of the race but hamilton just kept that little edge over him as well and then uh we had a lot of changes in the constructor championship let, let talk us through this because i looked at that i was because i was confused all freaking i don't know what's going on anymore in constructors i i feel like you have a better grasp than i do because now we have a one point difference at the top what i mean it's a combination of team struggles where it's like turkey hamilton kind of just struggled and then bata said he didn't do well in the u.s grand prix and just right now just just this week last week in mexico daniel ricardo spinned out Bottas, and that was enough to put him out on the points i know i saw i saw that i i had messaged you about that and i was like wait because i i was watching on my phone and i couldn't really pay attention what happened and I, and I thought it was uh, Lewis and I was like wait did Lewis get spun Jesus was it Baltas or Lewis who got spun and then you uh you clarified and I saw right as you clarified they they uh they showed it it was uh Baltas but with the podium uh that helped uh, uh with Sergio's podium and Max's win they they closed the gap there uh we I was I was so confused with with Daniel Ricardo doing that I, I get it I, I know it's like everybody's bunched up into the chicken game but i don't think that's what was gonna happen but um one thing i did want to mention mentioning the daniel ricardo thing um a lot of drivers struggled this weekend right yeah it was like it was a couple i mean after the first safety car it was just like everyone was as soon as everyone got back into the groove boom we had like a huge gap between most drivers yeah no i i didn't notice that but i, I remember seeing um uh the videos for uh fp1 fp2 and fp3 and even qualifying that everybody was struggling with various sections of the track um interesting side note that you actually didn't believe me when i told you this that only five drive oh drivers finished on the lead lap in this race i was 
See, I haven't seen that in a while. That's why I said I didn't believe it. Like, I didn't think lead lap was a stat. Oh, like, no, it I, is. I, I knew about the lap thing, but I didn't think it mattered. Oh, no, it does. And um, the only reason I know it matters is because IndyCar and NASCAR vividly remind you half the time when there's more than, like, there's less than 10 cars on the lead lap. So it's an interesting uh, stat. But uh, briefly want to touch on the Yuki Sonoda criticism. Walk us through that one. So qualifying three. We had a bit of a screw up right there for Red Bull as Yuki Sonoda somehow screwed up his I think his second flying lap and that forced Sergio off as well and ruined whatever lap that both the rebels could have had and then both and then Christian Horner joked that they got that Red Bull got Sonoda but Helmut Marco went harder on Sonoda. I did not see any of the comments but I, I did see the memes that uh that Yuki was breaking team rules with making Q3 on that. How is that even breaking rules? I mean that's both on Atari's in Q3. What more do you want? Again, it was meme to death because everybody knows it's it was like, oh, well, this doesn't normally happen. But um, again, some of the comments we've talked, we've talked about this in other convert in other episodes about uh, Red Bull's team principal and um, the CEO higher up of the F1 team uh, just making kind of stupid comments. Let's not just let's be straight up. It's some of the stuff you they say is kind of dumb. Of, you want to know the worst part about it? Sonoda Go had ahead. an unfortunate DNF at the first lap. Oh, yeah. Um, he was part of, he was caught up in the uh, turn one incident. Uh, next race is brazil i believe this upcoming weekend correct yes it is and it's, it is part of a triple header okay no it's three races in a row it's not a triple header you're telling this to a, to a racing fan a triple oh, header oh, is when you have three races in the same day a double oh. header is when you have it back to back in the same weekend a triple header is that <laughs> not three oh, weekends oh, apart <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I've been meaning to get that off my chest. I keep on forgetting to talk about this when we talk about the F1 triple, quote unquote, triple header. I'm not. And I'm not. I'm not saying that you're not a race fan. This is, but like when F1 like freaking hammers it home, it's like, oh, it's a triple header. It's a triple header. It's not a triple header if it's not back to back to back. They're three separate weekends. Like, calm down. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Aside from my, I, I'm I'm on a like anger roll today. Apparently, <laughs> Aside, <laughs> all in good fun, all in good fun. Uh, now we're heading over to the final race of the NASCAR Championship at Phoenix. Oh my goodness! This this was the one time NASCAR racing produced what the fans wanted. It was not how we wanted it to go, but the most deserving driver this season won the championship. Um, and I wanted to mention this now now that we talked about f1 and we're talking about nascar it seems like the champions in racing this year it's a changing of the guard um indycar we have alex below who won the championship f1 we have probably max verstappen gonna win this thing because he's not letting up at all and then with this with this nascar championship finale let's just get into it kyle larson after everything he went through um at the end of the broadcast it was said a year and a half ago he watched the championship race from home now he wins the championship and the race he wins his 10th race of the season winning his first cup series championship he is from southern california so let's go socal yeah let's go um it was not an easy drive for kyle um he early on in the race he had to go to the back due to issues and had to drive his way all the way back up pit stops were a must in this race chase elliott his teammate a fellow championship four contender was one of the uh drivers who benefited i believe in the second stage um on this on their pit on his pit crew uh getting them out pretty fast onto the pit straight to get the lead and then later on martin truex jr also his pit crew later i believe in the halfway point of 
the third and final stage where all the marbles started to count. Um, he, they, uh, they got him out to the lead for a good portion, but at the very end of the race, a late race, uh, caution had the whole team, all the teams coming down for a late race pit stop. Kyle Larson's five crew put up the second fastest time of the whole season, just behind their own fastest time of the season, which was the fastest up until that point, put the second fastest to put their driver out front. Kyle Larson for about 25 last holds up Martin Truex Jr. to win the championship. Um, uh, I have not documented. I've never, I've only mentioned that, that he's was at home. Kyle Larson was suspended last year indefinitely ended up becoming just a year and a half suspension due to the fact that he said a racist word in, um, in an eye racing live stream. And then it was publicized to the public. And I'm not saying it should not have, it should have been. And he was rep- reprimanded uh, properly, but he went through all the proper protocols to make his mistake a right. He, he did a lot of charity work and not like publicized charity work. There was a lot of stuff he did behind the scenes that nobody, the average fan does not know. So I, I have to give all credits to him. He, he is compared to the modern, modern day AJ Foyt, who, and Mario Andretti, who are one of the most regarded racing drivers in history. These guys can go on any type of car and he, they would win. Um, Larson, the only thing Larson has not tried yet has been an open wheel car. But if you put him in any dirt car, late model and stock car, he is, he, this season alone, he is a Knoxville championship, uh, champion, Knoxville nationals champion, Chili Bowl champion. And now the NASCAR cup series champion with 10 wins. And this is the first time since I believe 1985 since Dale Earnhardt senior, there's been a driver who's led 2,500 more laps and won 10 different races on the season. So kudos to him. Great freaking job. I've been a fan of Kyle Larson for years and it's really happy to, I'm really happy to see him win, especially through the journey him and his family been through. Um, great job. Uh, he has been held responsible for what he's done and he is, he is, he's respected for what he's been doing. Um, I'll say that for sure. Um, any, anything you want to add to that Jesus, before we move on? Yeah, I really don't. There. All right. It's all good. From there, we are heading to our main topic of today a freaking crazy football game saturday evening um at wheelock stadium rc rcc football tigers versus the cerritos falcons holy crap man oh where, where do we begin with this asus because let, let's talk about the game let's talk about the uh, the the stats and then we'll get our, our our thoughts on this um our quarterback joe barton went for 15 to 24 uh 282 yards one touchdown on the evening uh lauren stark uh, had uh, 120 rushing yards with two TDs. Marquise Ashley led the team in receiving yards with 90 with one touchdown, followed by Jawan Tucker with 80 yards. Um, on the defensive end, um, too many penalties. Nine penalties uh, totaling for a loss of 83 yards. Uh, the defense uh, did have two interceptions on the evening. There was a fumble on the night that was recovered. Um, story of the matchup was Ricardo Chavez uh, during the second quarter, I believe, was the uh was injured uh, i do have a photo of that injury um right as the as a player w- ran into him so it was it was a pretty nasty hit um and uh backup keeper um jacob uh Marquin came in to the matchup to uh to thank you daniel um our uh, sports editor daniel came in to correct me beginning of the second half in the third quarter was injured there and then a backup quarterback came in to fill in for the rest of the game the the win did clinch the conference title uh i 
was re-listening back to the stream because I was there and uh, they clinched the playoff spot with the win uh, heading to next week. They are looking to clinch the number one seed of the uh, uh, heading into the playoffs from there. Um, that's all the stats of the game. And let's let's get into this um, game. Let's set up the scenario. Um, it was about how many? How many? It was about what? 45 seconds, 46 seconds, Jesus, to go in the there after the Cerritos touchdown, which I was getting a little nervous after I saw that because I think RCC was leading by 14 points. I think if I got that correct. Yes, they they were leading uh, the the defense in the final in the final minutes of the uh, final quarter. Uh, let go of the lead. Uh, the scenario is Cerritos marched down the field uh, on the huge fourth in couple yards, get a very huge catch, score the touchdown to lead the game by one point. I believe it was 38 to 37 at that point. Uh, RCC receives the ball, uh, tries their best to march down the field. No timeouts left. A um, uh, couple plays down the field. Um, the uh, uh, Jordan Barton scrambles, tries to see, uh, underthrows it surprisingly at this point with 40. Uh, uh, it was a fourth in yards as well. I can't remember the, the uh, how many yards it was. It was a fourth down, uh, crucial play. And then uh, Jordan Barton underthrows it in the direction of Jamal Houston. Cut, Jamal Houston sees the ball, turns around, cuts back, and dies for the ball, catches it to, to uh, I believe he lands, what, around the 30 to 25 yard line? Yeah, that was an insane catch. <laughs> yeah, he catches right around there. Uh, the offensive line sets back up to spike the ball. Don't get it off in time. The offense gets called for a false start. Um, from there, you have <clears throat> everybody kind of um, kind of questioning what the flag was for. At the same time, even, I was on the field. I was I wasn't sure what the flag. I, I had seen the uh, the because I was on the Cerrito side. I was kind of confused what was going on. And then I just see the the side ref there. Um, she runs over to the other ref, trying, trying to just kind of talking about what what the penalty was, and it was a false start. Uh, later on, I found out. And from there, uh, you had the. This is where it all begins. Cerritos believed that the ball was supposed to to uh, be that the 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 false start was um was supposed to uh, that the clock was supposed to run out. It was supposed to run out to the end of the game, and Cerritos thought they won the game. And you started seeing players take on the field, take off their helmet. The sidelines started to rush onto the field as in celebration, as if they've won. While on the other side of the field, you can see the confusion of of RCC, kind of like what are they doing? They're not supposed to be. The game's not over yet. And then I've wa- I've rewatched this about four different times just to kind of get it in my head. Um, you can hear somebody in in the booth um, from the Riverside TV stream. Uh, somebody that wasn't not one of the commentators. Somebody say it goes to six seconds. And even the commentators were a little bit confused of why is Cerrito running onto the field? The game's not over, and there, it's just a runoff to the six second. Well, RCC didn't take that too lightly. Um, they everything gets situated. There's six seconds left on the clock. Jacob comes on the field. It was a 30 uh, penalty gets applied. The ball gets moved back to 36 yard line, and uh, Jacob kicks the ball. It's in, and the RCC Tigers win the game 40 to 38. But this is where everything starts to go out of control. Um, I understand as a sports fan. 
and somebody who I will say this on this, on this, on the, on the podcast. When I'm watching sports at home, especially if it's a soccer game, I will go crazy. I will jump up and down. I'll be screaming at the TV. I will lose it. That's what kind of happened with the RCC side. Uh, they got, they got heated. They got riled because you had your opponents coming onto the field thinking they won when there's still second, six seconds left. So you decide to just celebrate and just kind of say, haha, in your face. Well, yes, it is. In my opinion, if they were to do that deliberately, I would have just called out unsportsmanlike conduct if I were to be honest, if that was the case. Like, why? Yeah, and we'll get into this. We'll get into this. Let's let's kind of finish setting up the scenario and we'll, we'll discuss kind of if there should have been penalties no. or what. Yeah, I know that. That's... I just wanted to point that out. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And it's good that we have this, that kind of, because there were some penalties that even after the game, I've seen in other football games that should have been, should have been thrown out for sure. Um, But setting that, that, that game winning situation, celebration and everything, RCC players decide it's a good idea. And I mean this very sarcastically to run over past the halfway point of the field, almost into the Cerritos sidelines face to tell him, we just beat you take that. And I, I know I, I have some pictures that I, that I, um, that I took in that just, you can see the emotion and the excitement. I get it. But on the sideline, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was a little worried for myself because I am, I, I am RCC. I was kind of, I was kind of cheering on that, on, on the sideline. But then once the final score kind of like everything was the ball went in, we had won and the RCC sideline did that. I got worried there was going to be a fight that's going to break out. Um, They pretty much, they got in the face said, haha, this is what you get for over celebrating. And Cerritos did not like that for about for 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 what continued there they did not like that they were getting heated but i will give credit to cerritos uh to their coaching staff and their and their older players they tried everything they could to keep their players cool um they because as uh daniel's leading us know there there were small fights that broke out between players they were trying to swing at each other and this was the closest thing i can give you an example was is to when in in uh, college baseball and major league baseball when the ball pins clear out and everybody just starts trying to deck each other um you had small fights trying to break out um they did break out you had players swinging at each other most of the coaching staff tried to contain each the the cerritos team but it seems like the rcc side i'm not i'm not trying to put i don't know if you can put blame on anybody but on not controlling the players but the rcc players were were just kind of kind of like okay go back that's it well from what i saw on the cerritos side and then if you pay attention towards the end of the of the of the stream of the of the football game you see that cerritos is like okay calm down i know we're pissed but we just need to get out of here and they they go to their sideline and then they circle together and then they just have one kind of final end game chant or kind of speech from the head coach and then they leave well apparently something i didn't know i didn't hear or see something else was said between somebody where as i was walking back i had met up with our uh our football reporter jair and our our sports editor Daniel I, we were talking and then out of nowhere we just see a couple of our players who had already gone back into the locker room start running behind this the uh the grandstands towards the Cerrito locker room and man somebody was gonna fight each other but they they had you hear you had the head coaches kind of screaming at them to stop to, to go back you had security closing off the gate as Cerrito was trying to go home I know there was a couple Cerritos players that had come back to the RCC side because I, I don't know what their intentions but they, they didn't look like they were trying to fight. They looked like they just wanted to say good game and apologize. That's my speculation. I don't know what the intentions were, uh, but you did see a couple players from what we saw on the side on the sideline come down and talk. What, they wanted to talk. I don't know if 
if it was a good conversation or a bad conversation or just discuss what happened in the game or discuss what happened after the final whistle but that um you had the players coming back um were not coming back they were forced back and as we were picking up to, to leave um and the head coaches were the the last of the coaches that went to talk with uh cerritos was heading back into the locker room you hear a parent of or uh, or uh, a spectator somebody who supports rcc football just yell at the coach it's the same freaking kids every time you need to reprimand them this is not this is dumb obviously that's not the word she used but that's essentially what she talked she kind of wanted to convey to the the um to the coaches there um one thing i will add before i i hand this over back to jesus because this has just been setting up everything that i can recall off the top of my head um we were told that coach Kraft was not going to give us any comments and it's justifiable because you you really don't want to talk because the questions were going to be about the end of the end sequence after the game. So Jesus, I know you have a lot of thoughts about everything I just talked about. I do. And to me, this all starts with the discipline. I mean, obviously we have the whole six second confusion. Why? I mean, for, for us, it's whether to you, do you think it should have been a 10 second, a uh, 10 second runoff? I mean, I think it was 16 seconds. There was a sense uh, uh, runoff, but should the clock have continued? But like, even if it didn't continue, you just spike the ball. And it doesn't matter. Well, from whatever call on the stream, um, um, the it seems like the refs kind of the the commentators had noticed that the refs ignored the spike and then just let the runoff um go to six seconds because the ball was still the 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 time clock did stop at 16 i do recall looking over at the at the scoreboard and it was at 16 and then all of this about the, the fall start and everything and the runoff happened excuse me and it was it was i don't know about i don't know how much on the exact ruling when it comes to doing a runoff or just doing a penalty but they did execute the spike i will say that and even even the commentators because like i said i rewatched this to kind of understand the whole sequence and the ball was spiked and it was the the sequence was done it was it it was there the ball was spiked any other level the ball is just it's just there okay we stopped the clock the ball was spiked you let the field the field goal core the special team core come over and just finish this game out um i don't know if you think that it shouldn't have been i don't know do, do you think it shouldn't have been t- should it just ran out to the end of the game or was the the 10 second runoff to end to the six second mark was that the correct correct call kind of no, throwing this back like, to I you had thought, i had the thought where it's like yeah you get the 10 second runoff but wouldn't this when the clock continue to run on the whistle like i feel like that's a college rule where like if you can't take the ball in runs and then hurry up to get to the ball then then as soon as the whistle blows the clock resumes that's like that would happen but like i'll be honest i did not pay attention to the heated situation i was watching the game i was just watching the play and i'll be honest after the field goal was made i did pop off too but like i absolutely did not know about this heatedness and this to me is not only only embarrassing but like how far is too far like are these are these players undisciplined or something um like i said there was a parent who who screamed who who varies pretty much screaming at the head coach like this always this is the same guys the same group of guys who always do that there it goes to what you're saying there's no discipline about this um i will say i didn't i didn't mention this and i should have mentioned this earlier um, I had I was discussing with uh, with Daniel about this. Um, can't, I believe it was in the third quarter. Um, number nineteen from our side and the number five player from Cerritos. They were they were verbally going at it in in this was um in the sequence. I believe this is the leading sequence to the final touchdown for uh, RCC. And then those guys were just going at it verbally. It, and the ref had to scream at them. It's like, hey, you two better cut it out now, or I'm pe- or I'm I'm foul- I'm penalizing both of you. And it was 
was like, do you really need to come to that point where the ref is kind of yelling at you to calm down? And then Daniel had mentioned that that wasn't the only instance that him and Jair had seen a lot of other kind of verbal scuffles going on on there because they were on the home side of the of the field and they heard uh, they were they kind of saw and heard other kind of verbal scuffles between each uh each um respective player from each team so <laughs> obviously obviously the game it is a win but at what cost yeah because i'll, I'll talk about like flaws with the, with the game at some point but like going back to the whole discipline thing i mean if you're gonna be celebrating that hard celebrate with the team and just say good games to the other team like that's the easiest thing you could do but it's, you're just trying i mean i don't know why i think why i think this but i think this has become a better rivalry and i think a lot of people need to figure out how to calm this down i did tell jay and daniel this was a rivalry game um and for me like let's define a rival my, my personal definition of rivalry game is like each team knows how good the other is and you want to beat them like bad to the point of like you're embarrassing them and then it doesn't matter what goes on in the game and you're getting in their face i don't condone that latter part of getting into each other's face because now you're cl- crossing the line of hey we're entering unsportsmanlike conduct and you you would imagine some of those verbal jabs aren't just to like oh you freaking suck oh you suck at catching oh you're pretty bad it it kind of it kind of goes like oh this this uh x about your mother oh th- i bet your girlfriend doesn't even like you like obviously that sounds childish but you can just imagine what verbiage they actually use and it's embarrassing because i, I feel like i i Again, like, I absolutely did not know about all of this misconduct, but I think um, who does disciplinary action for the national director conference? Um, I couldn't tell you. Obviously, it would for conference it'd be the higher ups of the uh, the Orange Empire Conference would would bring down punishments on players because now we enter what we kind of what you kind of mentioned at first. I think there should have been players from each team a little more from the RCC side, but I believe there should have been players from each team ejected and should not be available to play in the next game. And on top of that, I think there should be oh um my goodness this is just gonna be riled up. I mean sure. You win closely, you win a rivalry game. Like, yeah, we got all that. But, like, everything else just feels unnecessary. Nobody seems to be disciplined. Fights are breaking out. It seems like, I don't know. I feel like I've seen this before. Like, I, where do we go to this point where we need to be talking about mentalities? Because something just doesn't feel right. I mean, sure, you could say things like you're trying to be, like, in their face. But where's the niceness? Like, there's a reason we need good sportsmanship. And th- this game just shows you why. And I'm very disappointed. I haven't seen it at the college level, I think in a while. I think the last time, and I'm talking about players, teams versus team, not like the Tennessee situation where the fans were doing this to the team. Um, I can't remember, but I think it it could have been the um, back when, um, oof, I'm trying to remember off the top. It was in Auburn, Alabama. It was um, when Cam Newton was around, when Cam Newton beat, uh, won the Iron Bowl. I don't know if you recall that game. I think that was the last time I can recall, uh, because I'll, I'll admit, I haven't followed college football, because it's it's not at the same level in my opinion, but that's a different discussion for a different video. And then I'm talking about Division One football. Um, it, in my opinion, the last couple of years isn't the same of what, let's say, when uh, Johnny Menzel, Cam Newton, RG3 were, were there in the day. But the last time I can think of at the college level was uh, Cam Newton, Auburn winning in the Iron Bowl with a end zone to end zone run for the victory. Uh, I don't know if you recall that. At the pro level, you see that frequently in hockey. I remember I was told about a game that 
um, I forgot, I believe the Washington Nationals were involved in this game where it got so bad where the they were doing the restart of a game and the players didn't even go for the puck. They just straight up threw their gloves down and their pucks and just started punching each other. I need, I need to correct you here. If you're referring to hockey, it's the Washington Capitals. Capitals, there you go. I'm thinking about the, the baseball team because the Nationals as well, haven't they been involved with a couple like ballpen empty outs where everybody in the ballpen's trying to fight everybody on the other end of the ball in the other ballpen? Right, but I haven't seen it too many times because like I I don't pay attention to this as baseball, but like really all of this and for what for reputation? Like I get it. We're, we we won the conference. We're in the playoffs. But going back to the stream, they did say we still need uh we can clinch it, but we still need a little bit of help uh, from other results to clinch the number one seed. I understand we wanted to win this game badly because you want to stay undefeated in conference play. You kind of want to show the other teams like, hey, we may have lost two games this season. But we're still here. We're still the RCC Tigers. But I don't think you can you can put the RCC Tigers with this before not even the performance. The performance, if we're if we're gonna talk about performance, the defense struggle, and I mean the whole game. The penalties are ridiculous. How many games do, do we have? The last kind of like couple home games before the the bye weekend, they were on the uh, on the road for a couple games. They were getting penalties galore. I was telling my, my one of my friends last night when he was asking me what I was when I was writing the the script or outline for this, and I told him about the penalties. He's like, "Man, that's too many penalties," but at least you didn't lose that many yards. I'm like, yeah, but there was a game earlier this season where we lost, where we had 11 penalties and lost 100 yards. And he's like, what the heck? Really? I'm like, yeah. If we're talking about performances, we're still, I know Coach Kraft told us a while when when we have that interview with them a while ago, they got to practice, practice, practice. How do you practice attitude? I get the on-field action. You can practice it, but apparently we're not practicing how not to get penalties. And then uh, kind of continuing that conversation, we're not practicing to have good sportsmanship and stay cool under those boiling moments because i get it you want to get energized you want to be happy but at the same time you need to keep your head cool yeah like keep it amongst yourselves and don't bring it up to others like i, I get you want to kind of rub it in their face but i'd rather you celebrate on your sideline and all that stuff i know you get those cool moments kind of like how you see in like when an unranked team beats a, a ranked team in the like in the final three games of college football season and then you have the whole student and faculty and everybody rushing the field with the players yeah that's cool but what RCC, what, what our team did, because we we can't push that away. It's our football team. This kind of goes up. This goes towards us, not as as reporters, as students. Cerritos are going to like, oh, are all their students like that? I, I, I enjoy the win, but at the same time, where does the win come from? Does it come to a cost or something? It's really hard because uh, it, it just feels like there needs to be heavy discipline. And actually, going back to the whole stats thing, I was going to refer to that defense terribly because it seems like they haven't learned much about the defense and actually this is a good question to bring up daniel thanks for this um how will this affect the playoffs and i think this will affect it if this discipline remains unchanged because i hate to be this harsh if you're gonna be in the field and be that horribly horribly disciplined and horribly unsportsmanlike, like might as well just lose the first game in the playoffs i wouldn't be i wouldn't feel bad at that point i hate to be this harsh but I gotta bring it up. Yeah, and that kind of that kind of goes on. A great, great uh question from Daniel. Um, kind of piggybacking off that, continuing. How much is this gonna hurt us if we if we have that kind of not even okay? Let's 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 put aside the attitude because attitude's one thing that that affects morale. Like even Daniel said, um, he can tell, he can get the vibe of when when the sidelines kind of like, oh, we're ready to go, we want to win this match. Daniel told told me and Jay and that he didn't get that vibe from our sideline. 
he just kind of felt like they're there and it's kind of like how do having that kind of let's let's put that aside let's put this aside performance wise how do how do these continuing performances how will they hurt the rcc tigers in the playoff because this is going to affect them one way but how is it going to hurt them because it's going to hurt them in big match in big play situations yeah especially poorly timed penalties yeah because not even poorly timed penalties bad defending because how it's not like there wasn't a defense on the field to stop cerritos's march down the field because there was a commentator one of the commentators said when i when i re-watched that sequence of cerritos scoring he said oh the rcc defender was just an inch off to get it do you just practice to get to 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 reach that inch or like what do you do to kind of like close that gap because i think that's going to hurt you in the long run wouldn't you think asus it's one thing for a defender to do what he can it's another thing to force a pass interference yeah uh, all right i have a secondary question here with everything we discussed about everything we're talking about with with actions discipline performance on field sportsmanlike unsportsmanlike conduct all that kind of stuff where do we go from here where does where does coach craft go from here with this team i'll be honest i'm being very serious when i say this therapy they need to be a one-on-one discussion with every player about this like there's no way you can discuss it with the whole team there's no way yeah i i i I couldn't give you an answer like i know i'm poisoned i'm putting the question there but I'm stumped because if it, it rings in my head that a, that that somebody who supports the 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 football team going up to the coaches and saying this happens every week and the same group of guys if the coaching staff isn't addressing this how do we move forward as a team because that has me stumped because if if, if you're not noticing as a coaching uh, as a coaching staff and I am not saying I'm not trying to say anything bad against coach Kraft and his coaching staff they have 60 wins at home. One of the best head coaches in RCC history. But I can't. I have to put in. I have to put on my head coach cap, and I have to question. How do you not see this? This, this kind of like these these situations growing. I don't know. That's. Mm. It's just, yeah. it kind of it baffles me. I'm putting I put my head coach on head coach hat on, and I think as a head coach, I need to see these problems. I need to see what's going on because if some if and I'm not saying some spectator. A spectator of my football team, a fan of my football team, is telling my coaching staff that it's the same guys every week, week in, week out, and they're not. And these guys aren't learning and still doing the same stupidity week in and week out against every team. One, I get a bad rap as a head coach because other coaches are going to think I don't I don't discipline my players to watch their mouth. Two, defensively, as much as you have a defensive coordinator, head coach still has decision on this. You need to get that organized so you look bad in that kind of sense. And three, if you're not addressing any of this, what do you do? Like, my complete respect to Coach Kraft. I am nowhere near, none of us are nowhere near his level, but it's just like, it baffles me and stuts me that this, none of this is addressed. This, to me, just feels like the team somehow become toxic. Yeah, on that note, we we did win the match. Um it was the final score was 40 to 38. Um my standout performance goes to uh Jacob Marquin. Freaking hell of a game from him. I give him all of the um all all of my congratulations to him coming up in a big situation to to fill in for the injured um Ricardo Chavez. And to add one note, one of the things I didn't like about the uh the commentators, they kept on saying at the end of the in the final play, Oh, don't we wish we had Ricardo Chavez? Don't we wish he was in this situation? Oh, if it was Ricardo Chavez, he he would he would 
would have banked this in an easy win. I understand that. I get it. He has the 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 longest field goal scored. He has the record for that. I get it. But he's injured. You can't hope for him to come and play injured. I commend Jacob and I congratulate him on his performance. And Daniel re- reminded me of this. He did not kick at all this season. Not once. He even said he hadn't kicked since high school. That's the last time he kicked for a field goal. And he came up big in a big moment, winning the game and getting us the conference title and a playoff spot. Only goes to show you that practice makes perfect. Exactly. Congratulations to the team for the win. Not congratulations for the conduct after the game. And huge congratulations to Jacob for a monster performance in the second half, coming up big and getting us into the playoffs. Everyone, this has been a bit of a longer one because it was, oh boy, it was a doozy for sure. But I hope you guys enjoyed that. Before we head out, we have a couple things we got to mention. Uh, make sure you head over to the Viewpoints Podcast Network. We have a couple podcasts over there that I highly recommend you should listen. One of them is the Rerun, Sh- Rerun Shuffle. It's a TV podcast uh, where uh, Editor-in-Chief Leo and Multimedia Editor Tim uh, rewatch and discuss different episodes from different TV shows every week, and it's up every Saturday. Uh, you want to check out this week's episode. It's on the X-Files Season 1, Episode 14, The Gr- the Gender Bender. Check out that, and then the upcoming episode that just dropped was on episode was season one episode six of futurama a fish full of dollars so make sure you check those out also make sure you check out six by six theater it's a movie uh, review podcast with will jojo and tim they review major releases and smaller releases as well this week they review the French uh, Dispatch last last night in Soho and The Eternals, which I still haven't seen yet. And apparently it's not getting good reviews and I'm kind of worried, but uh, make sure you head over to um, uh, viewpointsonline.org to check out all our articles. Make sure you check out Jesus's articles. He has a really good editorial and the basketball game article coming out soon. And make sure you follow us on social media. On Facebook, you can check our page out, Riverside City College Viewpoints, and on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints. You can check out our personal social medias jesus yours is at supernova z8 on twitter and then you can check me on instagram or twitter at brian antonio 96 i hope you guys have a fantastic day thanks for listening and we will see you guys in the next one bye